listening to Phenomenology Club Radio. Hello and thank you for listening to this audio podcast. I am Buttress, the host of Phenomenology Club, which is an interactive online community of artists and thinkers centered around this content that I create and curate online for us to talk about which is why both our tagline for Phenomenology Club and the subtitle for this discussion series is Talk About It. Most of these uploads are originally streamed live on our YouTube page. If you're interested in interacting with those as they happen live, please go subscribe and turn on the notifications at youtube.com slash phenomenology club. And in general, to learn more about our club, what we do, and how you can become a member for only $1 a month, please visit our website at www.phenomenology.club. Thank you for listening. Stay trippy. Hello, and welcome to Phenomenology Club's Psychic Prayer Hotline. Yes, you heard that right. Psychic prayer. We're going to pray for you psychically. Today we are taking callers. If you phone into the phone number listed in the title description, I'll talk to you. Welcome. Blessings, blessings. How are you guys doing? It's been five days since my last upload. Again, trying to keep with my word and upload consistently, semi-consistently, whatever. And I was like, what the fuck should I talk about today? (laughs) Because I am just uh, going through the list of topics. I saw last time someone asked me to talk about manifesting, which is kind of interesting. It's um, definitely a topic that's relevant to phenomenology and phenomenology club. Uh, For those of you who've seen my Against Spirituality upload or followed me or follow me on Twitter back when I was actually tweeting, uh, you probably already know that I am incredibly skeptical when it comes to a lot of these topics having to deal with spiritualism spooky shit thelema the dmt elves manifesting witches astrology all of these things i am incredibly incredibly cynical at the same time i myself have what some people might call a sort of peculiar relationship to such concepts because you know if you've seen the against spirituality video the one on this channel youtube channel phenomenology club then you know that even though i am incredibly cynical when it comes to all of these topics i believe that there is such a thing as what you could call altered states (laughs) and these things are hypothetically accessible and perhaps even interesting perhaps even useful but what i am interested in is what these things actually quote unquote are because if they're anything i know for certain not for certain actually because i don't know anything for certain right if i know anything i know confidently not for certain that if there is such a thing as accessing altered states as accessing any of these 
tools quote unquote of spirituality they are not what they present to us as i don't believe that there are ghosts in the sense that there are disembodied consciousnesses floating around that there are demons that there are angels that i can open up my fucking butthole chakra whatever the fuck but that is not to say that all of what these things point to that there is nothing there so i um I have some ideas here, and like I said, I don't know if anyone will actually call. I don't know if my listenership is large enough for that, but um, I do have a phone number here. If any of you have any specific topics that you would like to call in and discuss, let's fucking do it. Um, So I guess I'll say you can call it at any time. I don't know. I've never done this before. I'm not sure exactly how I should do it. I think maybe what I should start doing is just talking my bullshit and seeing maybe if it inspires anyone. And if you want to call in and talk some shit, then let's fucking talk about it. I don't know. Shit, I'm sitting here drinking coffee. It's a lovely Sunday afternoon. It's kind of rainy, kind of spooky. Maybe the perfect backdrop to have this kind of a discussion. And I'll just sit here and I'll wait and I'll talk my shit and see if anyone calls in and wants to talk about that spooky shit. So, as you all know, this is Phenomenology Club. Um, and I don't know how many of you have read Phenomenology, uh, specifically the writings of Edmund Husserl. But, you know, as somebody who... Oh, someone's calling already. Oh my god, I'm scared. Let's go. Hello, you're on the air. <laughs> oh, wait, no, Call you're not. From Dylan. Dylan! To accept, press 1 okay. to send a voicemail. Dylan, you are live on Phenomenology Club Psychic Prayer Hotline. What the fuck you gotta say? Sup, Bethany? Uh, dog, I don't really get into phenomenology a lot, but I just uh, wanted to drop in and say, hey, what's up, dude? Uh, hey. We miss you on Twitter. And, um, yeah, I, I want you to keep doing cool shit and put out some more music. Uh, we miss you and we love you. Well, thanks. Um, we're supposed to be talking about spirituality. Do you have any spirituality-aligned topics to talk about? I will keep doing stuff, by the way. I'm always doing stuff, but, you know, gotta do it on your own timeline. Oh, that's good to hear, man. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't really know much about spirituality. Like, I, I don't really believe in anything in particular, but... My my dad has a lot of ghost stories from the third world, where we're from Honduras, and like mm. when he speaks about them, he he has such intensity with them that like I look him in the eyes and I know for a minute that he's not like making this shit up, you know. But I know I've never had a supernatural experience myself, but like I still feel like I don't know enough to just like toss it away, you know. So what do you think when your dad tells you these stories? Do you feel personally convinced by them? I do, yeah. I feel like, like, I don't know. Like, Can you um, tell us I'm not, one or no? Is that too personal? Yeah, sure thing. Um, tell us one. So, my, he used to be a truck driver. Um, and he would, Honduras is this, like, super mountainous area. Um, and so he would drive trucks, like, up and down these mountains all day since he was, like, nine years old, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so one day it's him, um, one of my uncles, and then one of my uncle's sons. Um, and they're driving, and then like all three of them are like very very tired they've been working like 16 days whatever um or 16 hours a day whatever um but my dad's driving and um he's like starting to feel himself go to sleep and whatever but then he looked to the side of his car 
like hanging from the the big rear view mirror on the side of the truck was this like ghostly skeletal woman uh, with like a face that was like half rotting away and she like opened her mouth and screamed at him and he like swerved the truck um and my uncle wakes up right next to him and he's like starting freaking out because he sees it too um and they were like freaking out they almost crashed the fucking truck off this like huge uh mountain there um and yeah and he like tells it to me again um sometimes and like i still see that like intensity in his eyes like i i know that he's not making this shit up you know so so what do you uh, think of yeah that? so i've never i don't know man i don't know that's the thing like i i trust my dad enough that like i i find myself not questioning these stories a lot but also I've had so few encounters with the supernatural and the ephemeral that, like, I don't have enough personal experience to be able to, like, you know, quantify it meaningfully. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that's an interesting idea, you know, like, you hear people recount these stories and you feel like, okay, I know, well, I don't know, but it seems like you're not lying to me. You genuinely believe you had this experience and you probably did experience what you're recounting to me. But does that mean that I should then trust your translation of this experience? Like, just because you saw a ghost, does that mean that ghosts are real? That's quite a jump, you know? So it's like, shit, yeah, I can believe yeah. you saw something, but what am I supposed to make with this? I think a lot of people try and kind of accept these stories at face value and then are like, okay, ghosts are real. Like, that's quite a jump, you know? I can believe that your story is real, that you really experienced this, but I'm not going to just jump and say, okay, skeleton, skeleton ghosts from Honduras are real. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but shit. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing right, that Bethany, story I gotta with hop us. Off, but Thank you. It was it was great talking to you, man. I'll uh, I'll keep in touch. You too. I'll I'll be back. Don't worry, I'm not dead. Thanks right. for calling. <laughs> okay. Right. Bye. Bye. Interesting. Okay. Cool. We've had our first caller talking about ghosts. Ghosts. What do you guys think about ghosts? You believe in ghosts? What What do you think? Like I just said, you know, I think that this is the one of the primary reasons that people. Uh, believe in ghosts because of all of the first-hand accounts that people have of ghost stories that are pretty convincing especially when they're coming from people like our dad you know oh we got another caller yes Call allow my mic lila lila to accept i accept hello lila hi hi welcome to um, phenomenology club psychic <laughs> prayer hotline Speak wow, to us. I feel so welcome. You're so um, welcome. <laughs> I don't know why I'm like super nervous, but um, I've been be thinking nervous. about like manifesting in connection with like the placebo effect. Mm, okay. What are your thoughts there? I feel like manifesting will never work for me because I don't believe that it will work because I mm. always I have this like inner skepticism, mm-hmm. but um. My boyfriend recently picked up the book, The Secret, <laughs> and um, I don't think he had ever heard of it before, so he didn't know that it was kind of like a meme, but um, it seems to be working for him pretty well because he didn't have sort of this presupposed skepticism towards it. Okay. Um, but I feel like um, all the things like that and like religions have never worked for me personally because 
I just can't believe in it as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. But they seem to work really, really well for other people who um, are able to have a really, like, strong belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you're saying, I mean, this is this is really interesting, and this is part of why I believe that, you know, if there's anything to these ideas about spirituality, say that there is something to the idea that, like, I could will something into being, I don't know, that's like the vaguest example of whatever spiritual idea, but, like, why would it be that it has to be associated with this specific school or of spirituality or ritual or something, because it stands to reason that if these concepts are applicable, if the thing, if a thing like the placebo effect works from our our anecdotal observations it seems like okay maybe you have to genuinely believe it will work and that's the mechanism of action but like Mm -hmm. is that true maybe there's something more there maybe even people like us who are skeptical maybe we also can like harness this kind of a thing but if we're only going to approach these kinds of concepts from like specific schools of spirituality or the secret or yoga or whatever thing that we don't believe in and we can't access then it's like aren't we just making more work for ourselves like I want to understand why certain things seem like maybe they do work for certain people when they genuinely believe what is that you know I'm not going to say that I understand that mechanism but yeah I agree Mm -hmm. with you there's definitely something compelling to this idea things like the placebo effect if you believe that you'll be cured from cancer or something is it possible that your body can actually like change itself and overcome cancer or something like this you know yeah it's crazy the science behind the placebo effect is so fascinating because you know I don't know if it would work for cancer but for a lot of other things it really is like if you truly believe that you're going to get well then you will Mm -hmm. and I feel like when it comes to things like manifesting which is like like so many of my friends genuinely believe in it and I try really hard to be open-minded and I think you know I don't want to roll my eyes at anyone but a lot of the manifesting stuff that's like going around on social media right now is like how to manifest yourself to become prettier or like to lose weight yeah and like (laughs) Uh, I feel like manifesting works if you're trying to change your own behavior um, because then it's kind of the same thing as like visualizing positive changes or positive thinking or whatever. So I think it really can have great effect when people are trying to use it to like make positive changes for themselves. But I feel like a lot of people get more focused on like the magical aspect of wanting to just will things in their life to change. Right. And it's so strange, too, because at the same time, it seems like people are also gravitating to this kind of a thing because they feel like there's some sort of a scientific basis behind it. Because they'll also Mm -hmm. mention things like the placebo effect. And I've noticed, too, on like Binaural Beats YouTube, there's like subliminal affirmation like make your butt bigger like and these are the kinds of ideas they seem to be tapping into it's this strange thing where it's like you're choosing what type of spirituality you're grabbing to be gravitating to because you feel as if it's like predicated on some sort of baseline natural science it's like totally contradictory it's like are you into this thing because it's magical or it's scientific like what do you think it is you know it's like 
it doesn't really make sense. I feel like this is a lot of people's interest in astrology, too. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. we're into astrology because it's based on science. And then scientists and real astronomers are like, yeah, but the science it's based on is actually not astronomically consistent. Like, that's Mm -hmm. why it's not scientific. Astrology people think like, oh, you're telling me like it's unscientific because I'm trying to divine information from the stars. Like, no, that can't be proven or disproven. What's (laughs) what's disprovable is is your literal star charts they're not based on anything that's astronomically consistent you're using like astronomy that doesn't even exist like that's the Mm -hmm. fucking problem you know so yeah Yeah. it's it's really weird and the placebo effect i agree it's definitely fascinating i was reading about it not long ago and i forget exactly what i found but i feel like I found that it wasn't, maybe wasn't quite as provable as I had previously thought that it was. I need to revisit hmm. that again. But I think, I th- I definitely think that there have been plenty of examples of it being successful, you know, or at least like worth considering statistically. Yeah. And even in, you know, randomized trials and shit, they're always using placebo. It's, it's necessary anyway for trials and shit. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to look more into that. But thank yeah. you. These are very, yeah, very insightful too. comments. Thanks for calling, <laughs> and I wish yeah. you well. Bless you. Bless you. You. <laughs> thank Bye. you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hmm. Good comments. Good comments. You know, uh, speaking of manifesting, it's interesting because I feel like, I feel like. Let me try to think think of what i was just gonna say i'm like i've got like anxiety of the phone ringing now again it's like uh what did kierkegaard say anxiety is like hanging on the edge of anticipation or something oh see oh oh, i'm scared all right after this call i'll try to go into my idea that i was gonna say about manifesting call from who hello yeah what's up um uh uh, oh, yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, bless you, brother, yo, it's bless, bless you, too, I don't <laughs> say bless, but I say bless, oh. um, yeah, there's the two different definitions, okay, uh, okay, yeah, it's just like that, um, uh, all right, so, um, what I'm gonna say, Let's a go. little pretentious, probably, but, uh-huh. uh, I, I think, like, manifesting, and all that stuff is kind of like a uh, misinterpretation of like the how how people perceive things. Okay. I think it's a uh, what's uh like a statistical uh kind of like statistical competition between mm-hmm. like events that 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 tend to happen like you know next like. The next second, um, and I guess the way I would define that is like the human mind is like mostly quantitative and qualitative, and like I guess uh, this idea comes from information theory, and uh, yeah, I kind of forgot what I was gonna say, um, but uh, I think that these things kind of happen. Nah, I kind of went blank. My bad. Give me a second. Hmm. What were you going to say? Well, 
I mean, your comment has me thinking in a few different directions, you know. I, I think it's interesting, and this is what I was going to say uh, after I took the last call. I just kind of remembered. It's interesting because people talk about this idea of manifesting as if it needs to be, like, implicitly spiritual or something. But it's like, what exactly are the concepts at play here? A thing like visualization and then manifestation. It's like, don't I visualize what I'm going to get at the grocery store before I go to the grocery store and purchase these things and the more I make a list the more I think about it in my head okay I'm gonna start from the far left aisle and work my way to the right the more I visualize this process how it all play out I feel like the more successful of a visit I have to the grocery store so like is this manifesting I feel like when people talk about manifesting things into reality they're sort of using the same exact kind of a concept but for some reason some inexplicable reason all of a sudden now it's spiritual it's like like, well, why, you know, if I'm constantly visualizing myself, like completing these various tasks, like going, uh, applying for these jobs, working my way up to this career trajectory, because that's what a lot of people are talking about. I feel like when they talk about manifesting, I don't know about this, like changing your fucking eye color bullshit, which of course they think is bullshit. All of this stuff on like sublimation, right. affirmation, binaural beats, YouTube and shit. You know, I feel like generally what people are describing as manifestation is like a pretty practical concept you know mm -hmm. uh yeah pretty much uh like there's just like this uh, i i think there are occasionally like coincidences that kind of tend to be unexplainable but that's more like even then i i i would just narrow it down to like um the things that you the energy that you put out is like more of a reflection of the kind of work that you do and that's kind of like what energy is energy is kind of like work i think in physics so like of course like if you if you work hard enough in like in a certain career path eventually you you're like kind of you kind of have access to like certain doors that will like lead you to a plethora of other options and depending on like the things that you continue to put your energy towards like things may or may not work in your favor and also when I said it was like a statistical competition it's also like just the kind of things that ruminate in your mind uh, what do you mean by statistical competition because like let's say um, you're going to like Safeway and you're planning on getting some celery but there's there's like and and I'm going to Safeway and I'm planning on getting some celery. Okay. And coincidentally, uh, we like arrive at Safeway at the same time. Um, and uh, huh. So like, uh, uh damn, it can't. Uh, so I guess I'm. Oh, yeah, statistical competition. All right, so yeah, so like, like, um, basically, uh, I, what I mean is like, we're both two people putting out energy. I guess that's the that's the lingo they use for manifesting, right? Uh, uh, we're putting out energy. I'm not to overly familiar with the language of manifesting, for sure. I mean, it's also the energy. I mean, it's also the the lingo in physics. So 
Yeah, but I don't think physicists are being like, so when I expend my energy <laughs> to go... No, I'm, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> two different definitions. But right. I, I guess, yeah. Uh, so, I'm, but they ironically like kind of lead to the same conclusion is what I guess. But uh, what's it called? Um, so, like, you're getting celery, I'm getting celery. There's only one, like, one, like, brick of celery left. So, uh, the competition is like I, I call it statistical competition because we're both like trying to manifest this uh or, like trying to obtain some celery mm-hmm. and uh it's like who's gonna get it first you want it really bad and i want it really bad but only one of us are gonna get it so right and if both uh, of you have told yourself that you're manifesting that you will succeed in gaining the celery then mm-hmm. it's like, well, of course, the person who wins it will be even more convinced in the powers of manifesting. Like, look, I manifested it. And what about the Kinda other person? Like I yeah, definitely like, think people, yeah, people are just reading too much into. I mean, this is something we're guilty of doing all the time, especially as it relates to these concepts. Like, thinking there's so much strength in coincidences, you know, and never really thinking about the actual likelihood of anything, you know. Yeah. Like, pretty much. Yeah. And, like, you never know, like, I might. I might really, really want celery, but I might actually, like, really want to get, like, some strawberries, too. And I'm, and like, thinking you, in my head, like, I got to blend my celery <laughs> with, like, some broccoli. And if so, you like, lose I go, the competition with the other celery person, and then you go and get some strawberries, and then you're going to tell yourself, well, it, it must have been fate, actually. I wasn't meant to get the celery. I was meant to get the strawberries because that's what I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of things. Get, a lot of things. It's, uh, There's but like a lot of layers to this shit, bro. You know, exactly. Like, damn, it's just uh, like deep. Sometimes we want to like make it easy for us, so that's why it becomes spiritual. It's like easier to follow and like kind of like less critical, like exposure to maybe things you don't want to be exposed to. That too. That's also something I think people do. That's so fast. That's so fast. Well, thank you, brother. I'm going to see uh-huh. if anyone else calls, but I hope that you have a blessed day, and I hope that you uh, you are able to um, win some celery at Safeway. I hope yeah, you manifest uh, it into existence. Well, one, one last thing is that, like, you can also, like, change destiny by, like, not going to that Safeway. Instead, you go to, like, a local grocery store that doesn't tend to have that many customers in the first place. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's like using yeah. magic to, like, uh-huh. Get your groceries. Exactly. Dude, exactly. that's I'm glad. nuts. Uh-huh. All Thank right. you for sharing this esoteric wisdom with us. Uh-huh, of course. It has to get out there, you know? All right. Facts. Later. You be blessed. Blessed. Stay blessed. <laughs> uh, so funny. Yeah, I mean, like, what does this shit all boil down to? Manifesting? I had no idea. I think it was the caller, Lila, who said that this apparently is blowing up on social media. God, uh, I just, I'm, I can't say I'm sad to be missing it. <laughs> before, long before I had stopped tweeting, I muted all of the astrology symbols. I just, this shit makes me upset. I don't know how you guys feel, but it generally, genuinely upsets me. Here we go. Let's talk about it. Call from Debbie Friday. 
<gasps> Debbie Friday! It's Debbie Friday! Hello! Hello! hello. How are you, how Debbie? Are... <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm just at home in the middle of some work, and I was on Twitter, and I saw that you're doing a phenomenology club about manifesting. Manifesting. So like, my shit. Let's manifest some shit together. Let's go. Yeah. You're manifesting um, at was, home. You're doing some shit. I am. You working on this music? Is, yeah, I am, actually. I'm working on my little movie. Um, editing it. Hell yeah. Yeah, how are you? I'm okay. Just chilling, drinking coffee. I'm going to get to work on some stuff after this, too. But I thought first I would manifest a discussion about manifesting. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> it's funny. Like, this is really my I love this stuff like everything esoteric and everything that has to do with the unexplainable and the occult and all of that I'm really really into it and mm -hmm. I do believe in it in the way that I in the sense that like I live my life according to things that I've picked up along the way like I think my beliefs are just like a mishmash of a bunch of different stuff um, so like what and like, I heard what what are the things that you feel like you've internalized the most into your general worldview as it relates to this stuff? Um, I think one of the biggest concepts has been this idea that even this idea of like manifesting that I have influence on reality, like that I have power to influence my reality and to shape my reality, whether through my thoughts or my actions or my or general energy or this concept of energy and this idea that I'm just not like this passenger and life is happening to me but rather it's happening for me and because of me I think mm -hmm. has been the biggest thing that I've kept with me and I know a lot of that I don't know about other people but for myself I can definitely see how all this new agey stuff is really influenced by the Judeo-Christian um, ideals around like God and spirit and all of these things like mm -hmm. I do feel this sense of um, what, I, what is magical is what we end up calling God and what we end up calling like the universe and all of these unexplainable things and it, it takes on this character of its own um, that's seen as outside of us a lot of times but also within us in this way um, mm -hmm. and I do a lot of reading around this stuff like I read this book called Christ Consciousness and it's all about how everyone has the ability to embody Christ's consciousness. And it talks about, um, like, I think, like, these 13 layers of Christ and uh, Holy how shit. I didn't know yeah, Christ went so <laughs> deep. 13 layers. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's at the core? Um, at the core, I think it's, like, when you can embody all of them and live your life in alignment oh, with all God. of these different layers, and you become just this, like, super human person in the same way that Christ was. <laughs> Shit! Yeah. That sounds scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you just said a lot of really interesting stuff. Like, I, I, what you were just describing before you were talking about, you know, the difference between, like, what you may believe and, like, these new age people that are so heavily influenced by, like, Judeo-Christian influences and shit. I feel like a lot of what you were describing are ideas that I understand why they've come to be understood as mystical, but I feel like they're kind of practical and philosophical even, you know? Like, this idea yeah. that we're going to conceptualize ourselves as active participants in our reality rather than passive observers that experience things we're also somebody we're also agents with our own autonomy that influence things around us you know like this is a philosophical worldview and i feel like there's definitely a lot of utility in conceptualizing the world this way of yourself as an active participant with the ability to change and transform what's around you you know but i definitely yeah. am frustrated and i don't know how you feel with a lot of these people who shroud all these concepts in mystery and in mysticism and to me it feels like you said it does feel very influenced by like judeo-christianity and also just like these general attitudes of like asceticism and self-hatred because mm -hmm. i feel like one of the things that really draws people to the occult in general and spirituality and mysticism is this idea that they can't know everything you know it's this idea that there are things that i can know and there are things that i can't know and and I'm going to like put my faith in the things that I can't know. It almost seems like a, like an absolvement of accountability and agency. And it's ironic mm -hmm. that we're talking about things like having personal agency and influence and the ability to transform your surroundings. When I feel like a lot of people gravitate to this kind of thinking because they kind of want to like lay down and fucking die. They're lazy. They don't want to do the fucking work. It feels good to be like, I can't understand everything. Like just as Christians are always like, his ways are mysterious like we will never know like everything mm -hmm. they, these same people mm -hmm. say the kind same kind of things about all these various schools of mysticism you know like some things can't be understood some things can't be explained and stuff it's like well then fucking find a way to explain it like what if you can't explain it then invent something to explain it you know I don't like yeah. that shit. I don't like ever being told that you can't do this. You can't understand this. Mm -hmm. To me, I become immediately skeptical. Like, watch me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. like I definitely, I think that I do believe, though, that there are some things that can't be explained, but I don't believe in this kind of passive acceptance of them. I feel like that it just doesn't, I think anything that we can conceive of, then we can understand. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like maybe it's, I honestly just feel like it's a matter of time, right? Was It wasn't that long ago that we thought, oh yeah, like the earth is flat and then people change their opinion and they're like, okay, now the earth is round and who knows, mm -hmm. like in the next hundred or something years, it's going to become a different knowledge of, it's going to become a different fact and a different thing. Like I don't believe anything is ever like just static and stable. Um, and I think it's just a matter of time, really. And then there's going to be new questions and new answers. Like, I feel like the universe is really just this really chaotic realm where thing, everything, the only constant that I know of for a fact is change. That's it. That's mm -hmm. what I know is that everything is always and forever changing. And mm -hmm. so maybe that contributes to this idea of not knowing. But I agree with you. Like, I don't like this idea of like, oh, just go with the flow and just kind of like, you know, it's out of our hands and this and that. I feel that one of the things that's lacking right now in a lot of our 
the ways that people go about interacting with each other and interacting with the world, like from their individual perspectives, is this lack of accountability and responsibility. And you can't have accountability and responsibility if you feel like you have no power over things or if you feel mm-hmm. like it's out of your hands. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what you what you just said is. Uh, really poignant you know that this idea that like maybe a lot of what we're trying and failing at describing right now are things that simply there's not yet a language for or a good explanation for and i almost feel like people were at the precipice of something where when it relates to some of these specific concepts i feel like people are trying so hard to keep it in the mystical you know and keep this separation of like there's matters of the spirit and there's matters of science like no science is just a descriptive language if ghosts exist then science will be able to describe them you know if consciousness is some force that can actually alter physical mess or whatever the fuck you're on about then science will be able to describe it with this language if it's true you know it's a descriptive language that's it it doesn't fucking explain away anything it simply creates a language where there is none so i feel like people are almost like scared like please don't take it away from me this is all i have my fucking yeah. no one understands yeah. except for me because I like do star charts at night. Like, yeah. well, it's also a way that people cling to things, right? To to identify to and to create an identity out of, and they and if you deconstruct that or if you force them to have to rethink it or think about it in a different way, it causes an identity crisis, like a, a crisis of their core, very core being. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where that fear comes from. Yeah, especially I, I, as it relates to this. Yeah, have you ever had any experiences with like any supernatural forces, anything in your life? Yeah, I've had multiple actually, and I talked about this in the Against Spirituality upload, but like I'm somebody who comes from fundamentalist Christian background, like we went to, mm-hmm. I was in a Pentecostal Same. church, oh really? Same, yes! Revivals and everything! That's why we're fucking tense yeah, and crazy! Okay, that's it, you know! <laughs> yes! So like when that's when I've had my first experiences, which I'm sure you can relate to, you know, speaking in tongues. I never actually spoken oh, yeah. tongues i would just pretend because I, I didn't I was know just like, blah, blah, blah. yeah i was like <laughs> yehovah like i don't fucking know i was oh. just trying and everyone else sounded terrible too like they some yeah, people are really yeah. good at doing some fake some people bullshit can really, they could get into it and they could <laughs> yeah. really you know do the whole dance and everything I'm yeah like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> i was never confident enough in my abilities to to speak in tongues so i didn't go ham yeah. with it but i would do a little ah, la, la, la. you know but yeah, yeah. um but <laughs> But once I went to this like traveling speaker at some local youth group and he was slaying people in the spirit. And this was when I was already like starting to doubt Christianity. Like I was incredibly skeptical that it would work on me. But he was going around the room touching people and they were like flying kind of like that video of that pastor like shooting people across Mm -hmm. the room like Dragon Ball Z shit. And he got to me and I got knocked over. It felt like someone punched me like an invisible person person and i was like what the fuck but that's when i was already starting to get into like interested in the occult and shit and in my mind i was like okay so telekinesis is real (laughs) 
was like, okay, yeah, okay. so everybody focused okay. on me getting slain. They believed it would happen. And kind of like we were talking about with the and other caller, I thought it was some sort of mass hallucination placebo thing. Then I got even more interested in the occult because of that experience. And I got really into like Eliphas Levy and like Aleister Crowley and, you know, <laughs> other like white girl teenager yeah. like bullshit. And yeah. I had this one experience where I was totally sober. I was looking in the mirror and I th- thought I was seeing all of my past lives like my face was literally oh. transforming <laughs> into these scary they look like Russian peasant women but kind of demonic mm. my face was just mm-hmm. transforming like and there must have been a hundred of them just different people and mm-hmm. they all look like some old peasants like medieval shit and I thought that I was like seeing my past lives and I was completely mm-hmm. sober this is when I was still in high school like I was just high off fucking life and the spirit mm-hmm. and believing this shit you know and as time went on like i remember these experiences and i feel like they were real whatever experience i really yeah. feel like i did but what i no longer believe is that my immediate translation of this thing is correct you know i believe that right. i entered into some sort of mind state where i experienced this genuinely but I don't believe that I saw my past lives. I don't believe that the Holy Spirit punched me. I don't even necessarily believe that <laughs> I experienced some sort of mass telekinetic event, you know. But mm-hmm. I do but believe. what do you believe? I believe that, first of all, the common denominator between all these experiences is only myself, right? There's no, what are the chances that, like, God, Jesus uh, the Abrahamic God is magic and so is Aleister Crowley and so is this so is that like I can identify myself as the common denominator in all these experiences so what I do believe is that I am capable of entering into some sort of an altered state or experiencing something you know that's really all I believe at present. I don't know what I make of these experiences, but I think that the mind is a very powerful thing, and this is what I believe. And I'm not even saying I necessarily just, like, hallucinated this, and this was just the workings of a wild imagination, but, um, you know, all of this definitely, like, underlies my interest in phenomenology, especially because, like... Husserl was really interested in these kinds of ideas, too. He believed that you could change the color of an object in your mind's eye, and I've experienced that once as well but it was completely an accident which i think is really strange but like mm-hmm. i'm totally interested in like the sci-fi aspects like the i have a boner for like the mystical and the unexplained and the psychic and all this shit as well too but that's part of why i'm really cautious with myself and super critical of myself and make sure i try to stay grounded you know whatever i experience yeah. i'm immediately skeptical of it because it's not that i don't believe i haven't experienced these things i just believe that i need to be hypercritical of my own interpretation like what are the chances that what i experience Experience is exactly what it presents as immediately you know i think that's the yeah. thing that we need to be double thinking like because yeah. people always experience things and they're like okay so ghosts are real okay so angels are real okay so this is real it's like well why i your experience was real but why do you think that you possess the knowledge to immediately be like okay and i figured it out especially yeah. with these kinds of things you know i don't I mean, know yeah it's like kind of like taking time to digest what happened and to actually I think the time also lets you get a wider interpretation of it and kind of look at it from different angles because the immediate immediately your brain is going to jump to whatever you have the knowledge you have accessible and you've already been programmed with this idea of like ghosts and these types of things like this is knowledge that you already know and so you're going to be like oh well I know this 
and this seems really similar to this, so these two are the same now. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's the thing I wish people would second-guess more. Your own interpretation, not your own experience. Like, obviously, if you experienced something, you experienced it. But you, we need to all be second-guessing our own interpretations of our experiences. And this is why we need phenomenology, because that's what it's all yeah. about, you know? Analyzing yeah. our own first-person experiences. So, we're trying to get scientific, nerdy about our own consciousness. I honestly feel like a lot of what I'm interested in is like analogous to what a lot of spiritualists are into, but I'm just doing it from a totally different perspective. Yeah, different language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, thank you so much right. for this thought-provoking discussion. Well, thanks for having me. Hell yeah. I hope you have a good rest of your day. I'm you try too. And good luck manifesting your music. <laughs> Can't you, wait you to too. listen to it. And be be well. Uh, Blessings. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. That was a great comment from Debbie Friday. Go check out her music and her videos. Can't wait to see what, what's next. Shit, that was really good. I just got riled up. I just got excited. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Um yeah dude like everything i just said i feel like i just fucking i just i what was i even talking about i'm so riled up to speak of phenomenology you know oh here we go <laughs> i'll just do concluding thoughts at the end we'll just take a few more calls and then i'll conclude call from christopher market hello hello hi christopher what's up Be oh hey what's up oh thank you and <laughs> um, so I missed like the last part of that um, conversation. What are we? We are. I've I've been a long time listening. I don't know what we're talking about today. I was listening to that last phone call. Uh-huh. Wasn't sure if there was someone ahead of me. We're but talking I'm very about, pleasantly. We're talking about manifesting and spirituality and phenomenology and astrology and religion and whatever the fuck else. Basically just spooky shit, psychic phenomena, DMT elves, anything relating to this. What are your thoughts? Um well um I think my first thought um was actually way back um I remember you had a uh, a video talking about um, like if Jesus was wasn't real or not, and um, talking about like the political situation at the time, um, mm. and it just made me think about you know like what the role of Christianity is in our culture today because now our political realm is really weird, and all of a sudden we're seeing in the news shit like like fucking. Um, Oh, we're gonna get forced to take the vaccine. Bill, um, Bill Gates wants to put a chip in us and wants to give us the mark of the beast and shit. Right. You know. So um, I, I was thinking about about all that and manifesting. Maybe we can manifest um, all of that away. <laughs> yeah, them. that's uh, that's crazy because you know Christians. Like I was just saying to Debbie, like I was raised in a Christian household. I don't know about you, and they have been on about this fucking microchip that's gonna come for years and years. It's like as soon as microchips were invented, they were like, "That's gonna be it. That's gonna be the mark of the beast." I think it's partially because in the Left Behind film starring Kirk Cameron, I believe that this mm-hmm. happens. The mark of the beast is like a tattoo accompanied by a microchip 
<laughs> so ever mm-hmm. since this idea was introduced to Christians, they've become obsessed with the idea that the mark of the beast is going to be a microchip. So whenever talks of microchips come up, they're like, it's coming, it's finally coming. They just can't fucking wait. And to speak of the end of the world shit, you know, I feel like this this is like a troubling phenomenon. I feel like even non-Christians now, even the people who like pit themselves as being the enemy of the Christians, they're all obsessed with the end of the fucking world too it's like everybody wants to feel like the Mm -hmm. world will end when when we do you know like no one's gonna Mm -hmm. come after me i'm the fucking end like it hurts people to feel like the world will continue far into the future you know it's very fucked up Mm -hmm. but that's really interesting what you just said about jesus like i don't really think about that do you feel as if people are like gravitating to more spiritual or religious beliefs in the midst of all of our political fuckery going on right now well, um, I, as you, I've heard you say this or express this thought before that um, whenever Christianity is challenged, it leaves like this void. Um, and atheism doesn't really fill that void. It's just the absence of Christianity. And so people start turning to this new age bullshit like astrology and other things because it's like a similar way of knowing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that more and more people are, are becoming um, Christian by so feel like that movement for spirituality is is getting stronger mm-hmm. because I know for sure like everyone in the church is like really like freaking out like what we can't gather this is the beginning of the end and even um um I know even Hindus um some people that I know they they have this like concept among many Indians where they're freaking out about it and with the whole um Kali Yuga which is like the end cycle in Hinduism, mm-hmm. uh, there's this concept that there's going to be so much information out there that you won't even be able to tell what's real and what's what's fake, what's true and what's false. So they think that, you know, it's with this COVID bullshit, everything, it's, it's all coming to that now. So I think it's riling us all up. Wow. Our amygdalas are just firing hard as fuck. <laughs> We're like, what the fuck is going on? That's interesting. Wait, you're saying that this idea that all information will it will be like impossible to parse through what's real and what's fake. This is a religious belief associated with Hinduism. Indeed, it is. Wow. And what is this called? Yes. Um, it's part of the Kali Yuga, which is part of the a yuga is a cycle in Hinduism. I okay. think there are four yugas, and in each yuga, humanity is in a different state. I think the first yuga, um. Humanity is, like, very primal, and then the second one, it's something like mankind is is very spiritual and very big, and people live for very long, and then the third one is supposed to be, like, the Stone Age, and then the fourth one is, like, something like how we are now. I I believe that's how it is, roughly, but I know that there's four, and the one we're currently in is, like, 400,000 years or something like that, but there's only, like, 20,000 years left, they say. Wow, I've never heard that. I'm definitely going to look that up. What a prediction. Mm-hmm. Damn, I want to be the guy who predicted that because they were on some shit. <laughs> That's yeah. true. We are definitely oh, yeah. in an era of disinformation, and it seems like it's just going to get worse and worse, especially with, like, deep fakes getting more and more realistic. You know, they're already at the point of being, like, realistic enough. I've seen the worst Photoshop's trick idiots, you know, like. Oh, yeah. I've seen. Oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I got even, like, Kim Jong-un recently. I saw some, um, like, Korean bloggers talking about how, like, oh, yeah, they're just using 
uh, photo technology to, to say that Kim Jong-un is still alive. Dude, I so literally like, just Googled to see if he was still alive, because where the fuck has he oh been? There was all these news articles like, he's dead, and then everything disappeared, and I haven't heard a peep from the guy. Bro, fucking fine, though. People saying he has a body double. A lot of Koreans, I think, think that, that he died, but now it's just doubtful. No one knows what the fuck is going on. Just give it to his fucking sister. She's ready to go. Let's go. Oh, yeah. She's fucking ready. Yeah. I <laughs> thought she was the, the next one. Let's just go. Go with her. Shit. It's time for a female dictator. Okay? Yeah. It, it, it's cute. like that. Um, there's an Onion article about that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. More female drone operators. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Hey, I mean, people make fun of that mindset, but I, I understand, you know? There's female dictators, like, that That does make me feel a little empowered, I gotta say. <laughs> women killing? Right? Shit, women, we're, we're, we're uh, murder machines, too. Let's go. If that's what she wants uh, to be, that's what she wants to be. Okay? That's it. <laughs> Damn. I love that for her. Right? She is, <laughs> me, too. Give it to her. He's dead. Let's go. And she's so cute. She's like hot. She should wear like a fucking crazy fascist looking outfit. Like, oh my God. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Shit. Thanks for reminding me. Now I'm hype. Yeah, nice. shit's crazy. I'm going to look up this uh, thing uh, about Hinduism. I've never heard that, but we definitely seem to be in a disinformation age. And it makes it scarier because all of these spiritualist people are, uh, in my opinion, making it worse. You know, it's like people just don't even have any sort of criteria for how they're going to parse through information anymore. It's just like if it feels good to me, it's what I know I'm going to integrate into my lexicon of thinking. Like we have no standard for any thinking at all. And then at the same time, like you're gonna turn around and be like look at all this disinformation and fake reporting out here and shit like we really just don't have no standards of thinking at all it's really scary well I think it goes back to how you were saying earlier on the other call about um what was it how oh fuck I'm drawing a blank fuck me fuck um <laughs> fuck oh yeah oh yeah about, about how like um like it's like if you can't explain it then it's like why can't you explain it find a way to explain it you know right or it's like how people say oh it's just spiritual like you need to like you just i just can't know it you know i can't just explain it it's something you have to feel you know like i think that to an extent there's truth because perception and i would say i don't know if there is a spirit i don't know if i would say that I would definitely say that perception and consciousness, at least, are things that you experience apart from language mm -hmm. and apart from, from things. And, you know, they know that memory and, and perception are um, separate from language. And so I do think that you can have complex thoughts without language. And this is one of the, I'd say this is an axiom for that point that a lot of spiritualists might may or may not um, base their belief off of, but I believe it's a defense for it, in that, you know, if you say that I can express or hold a very complex thought without being able to use language, then therefore it's like, I don't need to explain it. It's, it's spiritual. This is just a perceptual thing. This is something that is deeper than language. Right. You know? Right. But then 
it's like that's explaining it. So, <laughs> so that is just kind of his. Yeah. Um. Did you just cut off? Are you still there? Oh yeah, I'm still oh, okay. Yeah, t- I I totally agree with you. I think the problem has to do partially with like how much we've allowed this kind of language and explanation explanatory thinking into like public discourse and how we do things you know because it's like i'm not gonna sit here and argue with someone who's like i just can't explain it bro like that's fine do you you know but when you're trying to impose these kinds of ideas on me by like putting them in the real world and public discourse and having them influence actual changes in the world around me like then we're gonna have a fucking problem you know like it kind of blows my mind that people are so critical of like look at what the church has done to people turned them into morons made them go down all of these terrible trajectories um bad thinking bad education all this and then they turn around and they're doing the same exact thing you know but because it's some like eastern religion i found like whatever it's it's non-western it's like i i don't know it's almost like this fetishization of other cultures too in an effort to be like anti-racist and shit too like there's so much going on i feel like people are just so I don't even, I, I, it's just like, it's culturally, I'm worried, you know, that we're accepting this new standard being created where people are just like comfortable to live their lives based on criteria they can't even articulate. Uh-huh. And you know, I do, I, I, I completely see your point. It's always going to be evolving culture and religion. And even in the most fucked up ways, really this reminds me of, the Church of Santa Muerte in, in Mexico, and it's a very recent thing. Um, I don't know if you know about it. For those who don't know, it's it's just a... Say the name of my time. La Santa Muerte. Okay. Gonna look it up. La Santa, Santa Muerte. Oh, Is that so like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my God! Love it. Yeah, and they call, yeah, they call it La Flaca, which means, like, the skinny girl, the skinny she, whatever the fuck. Anyway, so it's true. It evolves from the practice of worshiping saints. Mm -hmm. And what they've done is basically because of all the death and drugs and destruction in Mexico, they've adapted their saint worship to create this saint of death where they offer her like weed and booze and all this. I live right next to Juarez and they have a church to her People regularly go there to pray for protection against drug lords and to pray for revenge. And it's new. It, it like came up like I think around the nineties or more recently. And people really believe that like this like saint of death is protecting them. And it's like somehow also in line with like Jesus and the Catholic Church and like all the other saints and stuff. Wow. And it's like that's a. I mean that's an example of how cultures evolved so rapidly and quickly to adapt to the changing environment, but that's in Mexico. So I do feel like something strange, like maybe not like that exactly, but that same schema could occur in American culture. And you see how like with Antifa and all these other things, Black Lives Matter, maybe something like that is, is similar or could form something new. 
my god i don't want the marriage of political activism and spiritualism like that would be crazy no but that sounds crazy what you're just saying i'm definitely gonna look that up like that makes me think i've always thought about how peculiar is it you know this is one of the arguments i have for why i feel like morality is based in natural phenomena what we call morality anyway things like being empathetic to other people things like naturally not desiring to kill other people unless there's some sort of a reason because there's like built-in evolutionary mechanisms for why you don't want to kill other people at least of your own species Mm -hmm. and this is why you don't Mm -hmm. see a lot of religions around the world like that religion in india it's like a very small group of people who are like cannibals or something like this is incredibly rare you don't often find like a group of people who like venerate death venerate murder venerate vengeance or something and it sounds like even what you're describing is not necessarily some like twisted thing it more so sounds like people who are scared and want protection don't want to die so are kind of like you know i'm making an icon out of like this saint of death and like this but you know mm-hmm. that that sounds really metal and awesome shit but also yeah. sad you know because that makes me sad that people are are you know this the this threat of death is so immediate that you have to not have to but you gravitate to this sort of thinking and fear and religion and i think that it is comforting too to many people like you know i'm definitely skeptical of this idea that people like need religion to be comforted and especially in america where i see a lot of people i feel like gravitate to it for the reasons i said that they want to be (laughs) stupid and want to have no accountability at the same time to hear about people who become really religious and like violent environments and shit like this like it makes me sympathetic and more empathetic to like this kind of a thing you know and to think of the history of the world too like medieval times when people were super super religious in europe and also just dying from disease and just violence was everywhere it was like hellraiser in the town square every fucking day seeing your neighbors get fucking flayed open and chopped into a thousand bits can you fucking imagine it's like a yeah like (laughs) literally a horror movie every day you wake up you know like we accept in 2020 that even people who live in neighborhoods with like gun violence have ptsd like extreme ptsd can you imagine waking up and seeing people's heads on fucking stakes and like babies like screwing on the street like they must have all been fucking bad shit you know no wonder a lot of these people yeah this reminds me to say like you know we can't fall into the trap of moral relativism here because I, I do think we do find it an objective truth over time that we have to get rid of these medieval ways because now it's like, yeah, like, what the fuck was that? But you know, even prior to that, something even more brutal might have been like, oh, whatever. And I don't think that it, it's evidence for moral relativism necessarily. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is more of like showing our adaptation but there's something um it definitely it feels like there's some sort of goal i wouldn't phrase it as a goal because that implies like a certain teleology or a certain like destiny but like to tie it back to like spirituality i think that there's some sort of apex for mankind to get to and and this could be an argument for spirituality that we can see the way we look back on it when you try to apply moral relativism, it really just doesn't work, you know? Because it's like, oh, that's their culture. They cut off babies' heads and throw them in the street. <laughs> you know what? Right. 
Well, I'm gonna be incredibly pretentious for a second and challenge you because I think a lot of people, when they say moral relativism, what they mean is moral subjectivism, which I think are incredibly different things. And I always try to make this distinction to people because I personally am a moral relativist in the sense that I believe all morality, all these disparate moralities from different people, whether these people chopping up babies, these people praying to Jesus, these people praying to saints of death, I believe that they all exist in different positions but still relative to the same what you just called a goal quote unquote you didn't really call it that you know because relativity assumes that it's relative to something i think that all of these disparate moral viewpoints do exist relative to one thing and the reason that they're so incredibly different from each other is because their proximate position from this goal or this moral center of this universe that they're all beholden to and facing their locations are so drastically different from the thing based on their specific context you know so that's why you see all these different religions so different from each other but still aspiring towards something similar which i think is what you were just saying which i would absolutely agree with you know and why we don't see a lot of like cannibal societies and societies that just venerate murder and being mean to your neighbor and being cruel and having no empathy you know like i think that things like empathy things like not wanting to murder within your own species which is observable in all animal populations like interspecies murder is so much more common than intraspecies murder for arguably physiological reasons these are the kinds of things that i think all moralities have in common and what we're really venerating when we create our various religions so i don't think that calling it i i think that it is a moral relativist viewpoint what i just said even though i'm arguing kind of that there is something objective quote unquote that we're all referencing just from different relative positions so it's not subjective it's relative Sorry to rant. What do you think about that? I see that. I see what you're saying, but it would be relative to, are you saying like relative to the environment, biology, and behavior and whatnot? Well, I would um, relative to the, to the, I would say that they all have the same moral center in common. They all point towards the same thing, and they exist in different relative positions to it, which is the thing that causes all of these differences. Because I think when people use the word relative, they mean relative to yourself, you know? But, like, Mm. I'm speaking about it as if it's all relative to a goal. And it sounds so arbitrary and pretentious, but the reason I think it's important is because we already have this word subjective, which I think is what people are alluding to when they say moral relativity. I think that when you are... A moral subjectivist then you believe that every different culture just comes up with their own different morality and they're all valid or they're all invalid or whatever and they have nothing to do with each other you know that's like a subjectivist mm-hmm. stance i feel like when you say i feel like there's great utility to calling it moral relativism and using this idea that they are all exist relative to the same goal they just exist in different proximate positions to it which creates the difference you know but what if we take an like an epistemological take to it so to where we say that there is an objective way to come to knowledge and we define knowledge as justified true belief and then we can say that you know moral relativism we can't accept that because morality is knowledge. And so we have to use these objective tools to come to moral, 
moral standards as justified true belief. Well, I think the utility of staying cognizant of the fact that this is a relative set of conditions will have to do with the fact that, you know, a lot of moral arguments are really not clear cut. Because even if I agree with you, which I pretty much do, that there is something mm-hmm. you call an objective goal of morality. And in that sense, you know, any action could be said to be moral or immoral based on a set of strictly defined criteria. I still think mm-hmm. that, especially since a lot of moralizing has to do with hypothesizing into future outcomes, there won't be a clear mm-hmm. decision to think of something like abortion for example you know right now like mm-hmm. we i think a lot of people will agree that abortion is justified because a lot of women don't want to be uh, mothers we know that being a mother is a thing a lot of women just genuinely don't want to be it creates a lot of hardship on your life it also is a risk to your very life i think for all these reasons we can kind of agree like okay abortion is quote-unquote moral but then like let's say we're in some future society where like all sperm counts are declining like eggs are declining the birth rate like we're gonna go extinct if bitches don't start popping out some fucking babies you know and then we have women who are like well Mm -hmm. i don't want to have a baby you know and it's like well then there would be so many different variables we would exist in such a different relative position to our moral goal even if it's objective you know depending on what we Mm -hmm. say it is like let's say that the moral good is that which promotes the livelihood of the general human populace that's a pretty vague acceptable objective moral viewpoint right if that's true then what would we say about this hypothetical scenario is it right if women say i don't want to have a baby even if it is a risk to my livelihood like i'm going to make the entire human race go extinct like there would be so many different configurations of this argument it would be i couldn't say right now what would be the moral good or not you know so this is why i think it's 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 still useful to conceptualize this as a relative set of variables because the position, the proximate position to this objective moral good, even if it is objective, the path to it will never be objectively clear. Mm. Wow. I I really feel like that gives it a much clearer um, definition. I remember I did take classes of epistemology and I think that when they did refer to moral relativism, I think they were referring to moral subjectivism. Mm-hmm. Now that I really think deeply about it, and I see, I really see your point now. Hey, I'm interesting. Yeah, well, this is something, I mean, I like to bring it up precisely for this reason, because I do think that a lot of people say moral relativism to mean moral subjectivism, you know, and a lot of people will tell you that the difference is arbitrary. And so I just like to bring it up because I feel like it's important to think about why it's not arbitrary. And I feel like it's useful to think about moral morality as a relative thing, relative to an objective, quote unquote, goal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I do. I do. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, I feel like I've taken up a lot of the time in this. Oh, that was so fun. Thank you. I could just talk forever, but you're right. I should see if anyone else is here. But thanks so much for that. And I'm going to look up all this shit. You just dropped some knowledge on me. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, thank you. I also, can I just, like, drop that, like, I, like, listened to your music in high school and stuff. And that shit's fucking inspiring and cool as fuck. It's so fascinating. Thank you. And yeah, like 
You know, I fucking, I fucking love you, like, mm, fuck y'all. Thank you, I love you too, shit. I'm releasing oh more music, I know I've been saying it for forever, but I always do what I say I'm gonna do, even if it takes me a while, so I hope that you stick around when it comes out and listen to it. <laughs> nice, that's a bet. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Be blessed. All right. Uh, go in peace. Yeah. Sister. Walk with the king. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, that was a great call. Sorry to nerd out. I think maybe I'll take, like, one or two more if anyone's still here. And then probably just get out because I've been here for an hour and ten minutes. Why don't I take one more? Maybe if anyone's here, I don't know. I'll just leave it open and maybe start to summarize right now. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say. Shit. Uh, oh, everything gets me so excited. Um, phenomenology, right? Phenomenology. <laughs> Let's talk about that real quick. One thing I wanted to say before we go is that, um, Actually, maybe I should just stop taking calls. That was a really good call. I'm going to wrap it up for today. It's been an hour and ten minutes. Thank you so much, everybody, for calling. Um, I think we should definitely do this again because this was so fun. But I got a lot of varying perspectives, and it's really heartening to hear that so many of you all are so intelligent and thinking about these kinds of things critically and coming at it from varied viewpoints, you know, because like some of the callers seem to have asserted, I definitely think that there is a lot of intriguing concepts, ideas to be explored when it comes to all of these various topics, and people are interested in them for really good reasons, you know, um, at the same time, I think it's important to be skeptical, not necessarily of what we're experiencing, like I said to Debbie Friday, but our immediate interpretation of what we're experiencing. And this is directly related to phenomenology, you know, like this is a, a central idea that what we're analyzing is not our experience and this is hard to articulate it's really hard to put it into words that make sense to people but i'm going to try over and over again until i get through to others and find better ways of speaking so that i can be as articulate as possible because this idea is so important to me what we want to do with phenomenology is not to understand our own experience so much as we want to analyze how we experience things period i don't think i'll ever be able to say definitively whether or not i experienced x or y especially as it relates to spiritual things but what i want to be able to do is have find create the language to be able to speak about what i think about how I experience things and how can this inform all of my various beliefs that are always at this constant interplay with each other. It sounds so complex, it sounds pretentious, it sounds inaccessible, but the more you think about it, the more it makes sense. We don't want to think about what we're experiencing so much as we want to think about how we're experiencing things. If we can know anything about how we experience anything, period, okay? When you experience something and you think, wow, if I see a ghost, you know, and say, wow, ghosts are real. Be critical of yourself. This is not what you should conclude. If you see a ghost, you should ask yourself, 
How did I just see a ghost? Why do I think I just saw a ghost? What is a ghost? What am I? What is seeing? What did I just experience? How did I experience it? Okay? You can't just jump from fucking point A to point B like that. You better be fucking sitting down and thinking critically. At least if thinking critically is important to you, which I hope that it is. And I assume it is. If you're listening to this fucking bullshit. Anyway, this was a great discussion. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Please give it a thumbs up. We'll definitely do this again. This was really fun. Maybe we'll do an actual prayer marathon. (laughs) Because I love praying. I just love praying. We could speak in tongues. Maybe I could get Debbie Friday in the line. We could speak in tongues together. There's a lot going on. Anyway, thank you everyone so much. You're all the best. Um, And... Oh, wait. Someone's trying to call. Hold on. Is someone calling? If you were trying to call, you can try one more time. Because I see that I missed it and I feel bad. Call again. Are you here? Should I call them? (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) Call! Call back! Fuck, now I feel so guilty. Who are you trying to call? (laughs) Jay Freeburn says, I listen to manifestation affirmations on YouTube that say, I am a genius for eight hours while I sleep. You should try that. Uh, I'd rather listen to, like, math equations and see if any of those rub off on me, right? Or, like, different language videos or something. Shit. Alright, well, I guess I just missed this person's call. I'm sorry for that. But you know what? I've seen on other live streams that people do, uh, when this happens, they do, like, um... They do like a like a people type the the area code for the the phone number that they're trying to call from, and like I'll see it in here, and I'll make sure that I get it. We'll do that next time. Um, yeah, thank you everyone for calling, and uh, we'll do this again. Give me a thumbs up. Yeah, great, awesome, blessed, be blessed, be blessed.